Chapter thirty two of Colonel Greatheart. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Barry Eads. Colonel Greatheart by H. C. Bailey. Chapter thirty two. Lucinda is wooed. Lucinda endured an impatient anew. Of no account, friendless in a town of Puritan soldiers, she found each hour a week. With all, she panted to hear of Royston's fortune. I suppose there was always in her heart a love for Colonel Stow, and that very love made her yearn for tidings of his defeat, ay, of his death. If she had cared nothing, she could have let him go without one touch of pain. But he had sown in her a strange yearning that would not die. Still she desired him, and it was more than desire. There was that in her soul which he had waked to life, and without him it was hungry. She might have laughed, I think, at his scorn, if scorn had been all his offence. But that he should dare to make her need him, and deny her, was a wrong that rankled and made and fed on pain. Through each weary hour she was the more enraged. It was with no good heart that Colonel Royston came to her at last. She started from her chair. "'What fortune!' she cried eagerly. "'What fortune!' "'None!' How? Her face was dark and distorted. You failed? You let him laugh? Him? Royston cried and snatched her wrist. How much did you know? Ay, you are hurting me. She screamed like a child, for his hand had closed in merciless force and struggled to escape. What do I care? You devil, you knew it. He wrenched her wrist round in his passion, then flung her from him so that she reeled against the wall. She was white with pain. "'You are mad, I think,' she said, hardly commanding her voice. "'What is it I know?' "'You knew that Jerry Stowe was coming out for the convoy. You knew it was his affair. You sent me to trap him and ruin him, you damned traitress.' "'Oh, la, you have lost your wits,' she laughed. "'Of course I knew it was his. Why else should I care to destroy it? Sure, you must have guessed so much. There is no treason here.' Why did you not tell me, then? You swore you did not know who would command for the king. Why? Oh, because I knew you a poltroon. If you had thought you had him against you, you had not dared. I know you. Royston gave a queer laugh. Are you so sure? But, by God, I would break your back sooner than beat him. She stood against him, quick-breathed, defiant. Her charm was greatest so. But Royston looked down at her with a small, sneering smile. "'Well, tis his back I have made you break,' she said. Royston shrugged. "'He can do without you, and me, my dear. Do you know, sweetheart?' he laughed at the word. "'When I heard him shouting at his troopers, I thank God he had us so that there was no way out.' "'Oh, you thank God you are a fool. Perhaps I wish I were. You would have done without me then.' "'And do you think I'll not do without you now?' she cried. "'Well, tell me the tale. Let me hear what a fool you are.' Royston told, dwelling with malicious delight on the skill of Colonel Stowe and the utter rout of the Puritans. "'Faith, Jerry will have his laugh at us to-day, my dear.' "'I hate you!' she cried, and her eyes flamed and her voice was ugly. She crouched back as if she would spring upon him. "'Why, that is some relish!' he laughed and approached her. 
That will give me some pleasure at the wedding. Wedding? She flung a shrill laugh back. Do you think I will wed such a thing as you? I wanted a man, a man to revenge me. You, a coward that cannot strike for himself, a weakling that whines for a blow. I'll lead apes in hell before I come to your arms. Aye, this makes it sweeter yet, said Royston, with an evil smile. Rage against me. I need something to breed me love. You? What have you to offer me? What will they give you here? The whip for a false spy, branding for the forsworn. Nay, I have done with you. Oh, you were no worth ever in yourself, but I thought you might win a soldier's place in this canting army. If you won power and wealth, I could use them. But you, you, why, I have loved a man. Yes, I foresee pleasure for you, said Royston, and took her in his arms. With the strength of mad passion she hurled herself free. Dare that again, and I cry out on you for a ravisher, she panted. Oh, you have nothing in you but the force of a brute. Do you think I will yield to that? No, you shall ask for it, said Royston coolly. He sat himself down at his ease, and bent his dark brows upon her. Fool! I am not a man to be cheated. You bought me to be a rogue, but by God you shall pay my price. Bah! I knew you would be false if you could. Try. Tell your tale, and I'll tell mine. You have left yourself no honor with the king. I'll see that you have none here, he laughed. Will you take a high tone to me? By heaven, you shall beg before me before I touch you again. If I choose to leave you, what resource have you? You dare not go back to the king. All the army knows you for the treacherous light of love you are. Will you go dwell among the yokels? Aye, till your hot ambition drives you mad. Will you try your charms on these cold Puritans? Faith, that should be mirthful. I'll commend you to Cromwell. When you end with the slashed face the godly men give a camp follower, I'll provide you a pittance. She was very pale, and she shuddered, but still her eyes withstood him. Ay, mistress, you have cut yourself from all but me. All for love, quoth she, and the world well lost. And I, well, I have sold myself cheap, but at least I will have all you can give. He leaned towards her, his full face grim and greedy. She moved her head to and fro, but her eyes could not escape his. Her lips were apart for the quick breath. Bah! Why do you play at pride? We have done with that, you and I. We are bare for each other in greed and desire. Why use to feign nice dignity? I know your soul. You need my ways. Ay, even now you want me. You are leaning to my arms. Fool, do you think I cannot feel it? Come! He held out his hand. Come! He cried again, his face flushing. She looked a long while trembling a little again and again. Then she put out her hand timidly and let it fall in his. He would not grasp it. He drew her no nearer. She heard him laugh. A blush flooded all her face. Her eyes fell. With a strange, wretched cry, she flung herself into his arms. She was crushed against him, impotent, suffering. For a while she knew nothing but pain. Then she cast her arms about him and clung to him passionately. There is, there is something, isn't there? She said through a sobbing laugh and hid her face against his shoulder. He took her chin and forced her face to his and covered her with cruel, greedy kisses. She gave herself to them. 
and then on a sudden she shrank away from him and covered her burning cheeks and shuddered she was away in the farthest reach of his arms and rent with sobs royston crushed her quivering against him my wife he said and laughed my wife end of chapter thirty two